Wonderful. I've been uh, I've been listening to um, Jared's last three Sunday morning talks from thousands of feet up in the air. I was on a on uh, an aeroplane coming back from the US listening to uh, the podcast, and isn't it great? Modern technology you can keep up with what's going on, and been fantastic looking at prayer and intercession and intimacy and seeking God. And I just want to kind of continue that. Uh, a little bit this morning. And uh, what I want to do this morning is I want us to go to Bible school. Is that okay? Um, So we're going to get a little bit kind of theological this morning. We're going to dig into the scriptures, dig into the word of God. And I want to really speak about something very specific this morning. So uh, before I get into it, uh, we're just going to pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are already here. You're already moving, already touching people. We just want to pray, Holy Spirit, right now. We open our hearts. Uh, We open our minds, Lord God, to receive teaching and revelation. But we also open our hearts, our spirits for an encounter with you this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I put a a thing on Facebook a few weeks ago, which um, can always be a little bit dangerous because you never know how it's going to go. But uh, there was something, I I travel um, to churches when I'm not here, I'm speaking at a church either overseas or somewhere in in the UK. And I noticed a particular trend uh, that was concerning me a little bit. Uh, Not so much here, praise God, uh, but in a lot of churches I visited, I was really worried by the lack of real worship in churches. Uh, I go to a lot of churches where we sing song after song after song after song, but sometimes I wonder, have we actually worshipped God this morning or have we sung songs? And so I put this kind of fairly lengthy uh, post about it and it was probably the most responses to anything I've ever put on social media. It was liked hundreds of times, it was shared dozens of times. So I thought, wow, this is not just me kind of being grumpy or cynical actually this is a real issue Uh, now I'm not going to talk about uh, worship this morning uh, as such Uh, but all the the responses I got were were very positive and yeah we agree with you Uh, but there was one thing I put where I kind of got a little bit of a kickback and um, I, I put that one of the things I think we can really do to aid our worship times is to make being Pentecostal great again and to encourage us from time to time to move away from the songs on the screen and to encourage people just to sing in tongues, to sing in the spirit. And I had a few negative comments and um, the, the, the negative comments were this. Firstly, people saying, well, God gives gifts to whoever decides he wants to give gifts to. He decides what gifts he's going to give people, but he has not chosen to give me the gift of tongues. And the other kind of little bit of a kind of pushback that I had was this, that I've been in churches where, uh, not me personally, this is what the people were commenting, we've been in churches where people have been speaking and singing in tongues, but there's been no interpretation of the tongue, which is really bad, really unbiblical. Um, Andrew Murray, you're a heretic, stop posting things like this on Facebook. Um, so I thought it kind of got me thinking the whole area of tongues praying in tongues, singing in tongues. And I thought it's been a long time since I've been in a church service where theologically, doctrinally, this has been addressed and taught on. Uh, So that's what I want to do this morning. Is that okay? Um, So um, Lucy, we can put the title up. Dead simple, 
the power of praying in tongues. And uh, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians um, chapter, um, chapter 12. And the, someone's praying in tongues already. Wow, <laughs> praise God. Um, I, I think the interpretation of that is I'm hungry or need changing. <laughs> Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the title is Spiritual Gifts. Everyone said spiritual gifts. Um, so in this chapter here in, in 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul gives a list of certain spiritual gifts or gifts of the Spirit, including the gift of healings, including the gift of miracles. And right there we can see in, let me go down, uh, verse whatever, verse 10, it says to another, um, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, firstly, I just want to say that that word tongues, uh, the, the literal translation is languages. The gift of speaking in languages. Now, this isn't kind of you're really good, good at learning languages at school. This is that the Holy Spirit has given you the supernatural gift to speak a language that you have never learned before. Um, now, some people think that that could be a heavenly language. Uh, biblically, if you look at, the, at Acts chapter 2, it was actually an earthly language that God gave them the supernatural ability to speak. And I, I've heard all kinds of wild stories where people have publicly spoken tongues and there's been someone in the meeting have said, you, you probably didn't know this, but you were speaking fluent French or you were speaking fluent Swahili or Hebrew or whatever. Um, I remember a guy that, I, that um, I, I used to go to church with and he would kind of use his prayer language during worship and there was a, a lady in the congregation who was from Kenya and she said, you had no idea but when you were speaking in tongues, you were saying, come Holy Spirit in Swahili. Um, I heard a, a, just yesterday, a friend of mine on Facebook was sharing this testimony a couple of days ago. He was sharing the gospel with a Jew who was a teacher in his local synagogue. And as he was sharing the gospel with him, he said, can I pray with you? And the guy said, yes. So he began to pray using his prayer language. And afterwards, the, uh, the, this Jewish teacher said, um, where did you learn Hebrew? And he said, I wasn't praying in Hebrew. I was just praying in my prayer language. And he said, you were saying in Hebrew, be free, teacher, be free. Um, incredible story, isn't it? Um, so Paul here talks about the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. And what he is referring to here is giving a prophetic word in tongues. Yeah. So what we have to understand is that in church 2,000 years ago, it was a little bit different to how we do church today. So it, today, we come to church and usually one person, the worship leader, has brought a bunch of songs that we're going to sing. Usually the preacher has brought the sermon. And most of us, we kind of sit there and listen to what's going on. But 2,000 years ago, it was very different. Everyone was involved. So someone would bring a word. Someone would bring a prayer. Someone would bring a song. And someone would get, bring a prophetic word. And sometimes that prophetic word would be done in their 
language, the language of the New Testament, which I don't understand. It's all Greek to me. Um, <laughs> come on, that was my best joke. I've been <laughs> practicing that all morning. Um, <clears throat> Someone would bring a prophetic word in the language of the day. But sometimes people will bring a prophetic word in a spiritual tongue, a supernatural tongue. And then someone would interpret that prophetic word in a language that everyone can understand. And I don't know who here was brought up in a Pentecostal church where actually that was quite common. Um, so I was, I was brought up in church where it was quite common that during the praise and worship, there would be a moment's silence and someone would stand up and give a prophetic word in tongues. And then this will be followed by someone giving the, prophet, the interpretation of the prophetic word. And this, was so, this is something that you don't tend to get that much in churches today. Uh, but it is right there in the, the list of spiritual gifts, right? So it probably should be something that we seek after and pursue after and desire perhaps a little bit more than, than we do. However, Paul kind of puts some, uh, what would I say, some kind of rules on this, if you like. So the, the first thing that, that Paul kind of seems to indicate is that this type of spiritual gift, giving a prophetic word in tongues, is not for everyone not everyone moves in this gift Paul says it's the spirit determines what gift he's going to give to each person in fact Paul himself said I don't actually move in that gift that much personally he said very rarely in church do I give a prophetic word in tongues in fact I prefer to give a prophetic word in a language that everyone can understand and he said I encourage you to do that as well. In other words, cut out the middleman. Just kind of, if you've got a prophetic word, just give it in a way that there is maybe a time to give a prophetic word in tongues. But really, if you're going to give a prophetic word in church, in public, do it in a way that everyone can understand. Um, Paul also says this, that if you are going to give a prophetic word in tongues, Probably not more than two or three people do it in a, in a church service. It should always be followed up by an interpretation. And also, it's probably not a wise thing to do if there are a load of unbelievers there, which is probably why, as churches have become more outward-looking and evangelistic, you don't see this kind of particular gift that much on a Sunday morning. Do we get all that? So that is giving a prophetic word, a prophetic message in tongues, which is right there. However, that is completely different to the use of tongues in our prayer language and in our praise language. And it's that that I want to kind of uh, look at for a little bit this morning. Uh, and the idea is kind of threefold. Firstly, for those people that may be here and you have never thought that tongues was for you, I want to show you from the Bible that it is. Secondly, for those that may be here and you are desiring to speak in tongues, we want to pray this morning that you are going to speak in tongues in a glorious way. And finally, for, for many of us that do speak in tongues, I want to boost our faith this morning to encourage us the power and the purpose of what it is that we're doing. Very good. So, there are, in the book of Acts, there are three occasions 
where people spoke in tongues that we know of. Uh, so the first one, the obvious one here is Acts 2. It says all of them. Everyone say all of them. Okay, that's key. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That's key because this is not saying that this was a gift that God just gave to one person, but then he gave another gift to another person. No, everyone, all 120 of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. This was not giving a prophetic word that was followed by an interpretation. This was all of them, all at the same time, all praying and praising God in a language that had been supernaturally given to them by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Second occasion is Acts 10. This is the, uh, the household of Cornelius. And it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all. Everyone say all. All who heard the message, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So again, can you see, this is not just a gift that one or two have got. All of them are speaking in tongues. And the third occasion, this is when Peter, uh, sorry, Paul comes to Ephesus and he prays for 12 guys who have not even heard of the Holy Spirit. And it says, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So can you see that all three occasions where it talks about people speaking in tongues in the book of Acts, it is a corporate thing. Everyone there speaking in tongues all at the same time, not giving a prophetic word that's followed by an interpretation, but all of them using tongues as praise, as worship, yeah. as prayer, yeah. and as intercession to God. And the Apostle Paul, who we've already mentioned, didn't actually move in uh, in giving prophetic words in tongues that much. This is what he said about the use of tongues in his own prayer and worship life he said I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you bit of a show off isn't he that Paul um but but that's what he says I thank so speaking in tongues was something that Paul did all the time All the time in his own personal, and I'm sure in church as well, in terms of praise and worship and prayer and intercession, Paul spoke in tongues all the time. Um, Here are are a few quotes from some uh, great men and women, well, all men actually in this case, but uh, in church history, sorry, I should have thrown in a token woman, made it all kind of acceptable, but this is... uh, Sorry, screw that from the podcast. Um, pray that the Facebook Live just skipped at that point. Um, this is Yongi Cho, the pastor of the largest, certainly what was the largest church in the world, a million people in Korea. Uh, Yongi Cho said, as a young Christian, I could not see the importance of tongues in my Christian life. However, the longer I believe in Jesus, the more I feel the tremendous importance of tongues in my own personal Christian life. I spend a good deal of my prayer life praying in my spiritual language. Sometimes I feel a burden of prayer, yet I know not exactly what I should pray for. 
or I may not have the words to express what I feel. This is a time I enter my spiritual language and pierce through my natural ability to articulate to God what I'm feeling. And I can go directly into my Father's presence through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, this is Smith Wigglesworth, and this is a great, this typical Wigglesworth blunt Yorkshireman. Um, my, uh, no Pentecostal person ought to get out of bed without being lost in the spirit and speaking in tongues as the spirit gives utterance. Um, uh, the, the snooze button had not been invented in Wigglesworth's time. And, uh, and finally, one of my spiritual heroes, John G. Lake, who saw phenomenal miracles, signs, wonders, healings in South Africa and later on in, in America, he said this, Tongues has been the making of my ministry. Tongues has been the making of my ministry. Um, so uh, just for a few minutes, let's, let's kind of focus in on prayer. And this is what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 to 15. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. So Paul compares praying with your understanding and praying in tongues. So there are times, uh, I'll pick on Chris for a moment. Imagine Chris comes to me this morning and he asks for prayer. Now I'll give you something minor. Okay, imagine Chris comes up to me and says, Andrew, I've got a cold. I'm leading worship at Encounter Week on Tuesday. Um, can you pray with me that my cold is going to have cleared up by Tuesday? So I, I got to pray, and that is something that I can pray with my understanding, right? I understand who I'm praying for, Chris. I understand what the need is. He's got a cold. I understand what I'm praying, that he'll be healed. I understand that he needs to be healed before Tuesday. So that is, that is a way that I can pray with my understanding. However, have you ever come to pray for Chris, for example, but actually you know you need to pray for him, but you don't have a clue what to pray for? That is where you pray, not with your understanding, because you don't understand what the need is, but that is where you can pray in tongues. Or maybe you just know, not that you need to pray for Chris, but maybe you need to pray just in general. Have you ever felt a real burden to pray, but you don't have a clue what to pray for? Well, you can't pray in your understanding because you don't understand what you've got to pray about. But that is the power of praying in tongues. You're praying to God, not with your understanding, but with your spirit. Or maybe sometimes you come to pray for something and as you, have you ever come to pray for something and you know what the situation is, but it's like, I have no idea where to even start. Yeah. It's like, pray for the government. Yeah. Pray, yeah. For the, pray for Brexit. It's like, I don't even know what to pray. Um, that's the power of praying in tongues. Yeah. Come on. Or, 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 or maybe you're praying for something, but... 
uh, you've run out of words to say. So I, I prayed for Chris for him to be healed of his call by Tuesday. I prayed for two minutes and I prayed God heal Chris about 50 times. And he's like, I just can't keep saying the same words over and over again. But I know I've still got to pray some more. That is when the power of praying in tongues comes in. Where I'm praying not with my mind. It's like I'm praying, but it's bypassing my mind. And I'm now praying with my spirit. Everyone says spirit. spirit. So now the source of my prayer is not, it's not coming out of my head. Yes. Now the source of my prayer is coming from a place that's deep within my innermost being. Who thinks that sounds pretty cool? So um, this, is, uh, this is again what Paul said in verse 2. Anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Now, of course, we know that all prayer is to God, right? So Paul seems to be indicating here that when you pray in tongues, when you pray with your spirit, there is a deeper level and more intimate level of communion with God than when you're just praying in English. It is spirit to spirit. You have a spirit. God is spirit. So when you pray in spirit, it is spirit to spirit communicating with God. It is deep calling on to deep. Um, This is out of the the message translation. Anyone who's, uh, in fact, there we go. I'm grateful to God for the gift of praying in tongues. This is what Paul says in the message. I'm grateful to God for the gift of pray, uh, for the gift of praying in tongues that He gives us of praising Him, which leads to wonderful intimacies, which we enjoy with Him. Um, in Romans chapter eight, um, I've not got this on the screen, but Romans eight verse twenty six, uh, Paul says in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. You ever been there? But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans, with words that cannot, uh, sorry, with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So sometimes you don't know what to pray for. Sometimes you don't know how to pray. Sometimes just human words cannot express what you're wanting to communicate to God. This is the power of praying in tongues. And sometimes, let's face it, our human minds can actually sometimes get in the way. And that can be obviously in the forms of distraction and lots of focus. But sometimes when, when it comes to something like Brexit or politics or we all have our own personal opinion right and it can be really tempting to pray our personal our personal point of view into the situation Uh, but sometimes with something like that uh, where, where it's not kind of clear there's not a verse in the Bible that this is what God wants sometimes this is a power of praying in tongues because you know that when you're praying in tongues you're praying in perfect agreement with God's character God's desires and God's purposes um, 
Okay, here we go. This is a continuation of verse 2. Anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Everyone say mystery. That's a great phrase, isn't it? That when you speak in tongues, you are uttering mysteries by the Spirit. And, and that, that in the Greek, it means a sacred mystery, a secret of that which is hidden. So, who knows, there's a lot of stuff in our world that we don't know about. Right? And sometimes we don't pray for stuff because stuff's happening, but it's a mystery. You know, I keep getting sick all the time. And I've been to the doctor and there seems to be no rational explanation. What is that? It's a mystery. You know, I'm always struggling financially and I plan good and I give my tithes and I'm generous, but finances just isn't working for me. Why? It's a mystery. You know, we, you know, as a church, we can look at things like the, the building project and the delays and the frustrations have been. And sometimes we wonder what's going on here and the stuff we know about, but the stuff that's a mystery. So when you pray in tongues, what are you doing? You are praying mysteries. Mm, yeah. Things that, that, that are not happening in the natural, but they're mysteries in the spiritual. Yeah. And that is what you're praying for. That is what you're praying against. You're praying that which is not yet visible. Yeah. You're praying it into the seen realm. Yeah. Um, 1 Corinthians 2.13, Paul says, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Paul there used the phrase, not man's wisdom. Who knows that God's wisdom is foolishness to man, and man's wisdom is foolishness to God. Why is it that speaking in tongues, let's face it, is a bit ridiculous. Why is it that someone who's never been in church before heard a bunch of us crazy Pentecostals speaking in tongues, they would think we were all crazy, right? It's foolishness because you're not speaking man's wisdom. You're speaking God's wisdom. And that seems like foolishness. That's why the first time you speak in tongues, you think, am I just making this up? It seems silly. It seems nonsense. It's because man's, because God's wisdom is foolishness to the natural man. But you're releasing God's wisdom into a situation. You're releasing God's plan and God's purpose into a situation. Um, John G. Lake, who I've already mentioned, um, he, he was into kind of um, scientific experiments. And uh, one of the scientific experiments that he did, which was quite cool, he got, um, he got, he kind of sat down and got someone to kind of attach all these uh, wires to his brain, which measured uh, the power and the energy that was flowing through his brain as he spoke. And uh, the first thing that he did was he got kind of some secular, natural books and poetry, and he just began to read them. And as he did, there was kind of this consistent pattern of, of energy that was flowing through his brain. Then he began to read the scriptures. 
And as he began to read the scriptures, the power that was flowing uh, through him, it kind of shot up. But then he began to pray in tongues. And when he did that, the machine couldn't read the power that was flowing through him at that moment. It was something that was not natural. It was supernatural. Uh, now that's kind of a hundred years ago, so it's very primitive, basic science. But there was a, a, a very recent experiment, and I wrote this down so I don't kind of um, uh, kind of say it wrong. But neurosurgeons wired people up who were speaking in tongues to identify which area of the brain energy was flowing through when people spoke in tongues. And normally when people speak and communicate, the thinking part of the brain, there's a lot of energy. Not with everyone, because some people speak without thinking. Um, but most normal people, when they're speaking, the thinking part of the brain lights up. And also the language centers of the brain obviously light up as well. But what was fascinating in this experiment was this, that when these, I think it was, and this is, this is one for the ladies, I think it was five Pentecostal women. Come on. Um, come on. Um, I've won you back round. Um, five Pentecostal women in the US were speaking in tongues as these neurosurgeons were kind of charting what was going on. And they were fascinated because when they were speaking in tongues, the thinking part of the brain wasn't lighting up. And the language centers were also not lighting up either, which indicated that their words were not coming from their head, but it was coming from another part of them. And we know, of course, that that is the spirit. This wasn't just words that were coming out of their head. This was coming from another part of them and the lead the lead researcher said it was almost like the subject was being taken over by someone else and yet they remained in control all the time so they could stop start at will so it made no sense whatsoever scientifically powerful stuff isn't it uh, let's just look at one more scripture before I just want to touch on, uh, on on worship for a moment but Ephesians chapter 6 this is um, this is the armor of God and uh, Paul basically says you're in a battle you're in a war yeah. not against people but against principalities powers who knows we're in a battle this morning? And Paul lists the armor of God, faith, and the, the scriptures, the word of God, and the helmet of salvation, all this stuff. Uh, but then he says this in verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now we could argue what it means to pray in the spirit, but Paul's only ever gives us one example of what he means by praying in the spirit and we read it in first corinthians he was talking about speaking in tongues pray in the spirit pray in tongues on all occasions do you know that there is a when you pray in tongues you are entering spiritual warfare there is, a, there is a power, there is an anointing, there is an authority that is released that is coming against the powers of darkness, that is coming against the powers of Satan. So I believe praying in tongues can help in the fight against depression. 
praying in tongues can help against the, in the fight, the battle over, over anxiety or fear or timidity what, or sickness, whatever it may be. When you feel like you're under attack, that's a time not to give up. That's a time to battle. That's a time to fight. And sometimes it's like, I know Satan's attacking me. I don't even know what to pray here. This is the power of praying in tongues. When you pray, you are praying against that depression. You're praying against that anxiety. You're praying against that fear, that sickness, that poverty, whatever it may be. You are using a supernatural spiritual gift to fight and come against the powers of hell that are coming against your life. Can someone say amen? Um, so praying in tongues is a powerful, powerful thing. And uh, let's just briefly look at another aspect, which is using tongues to praise and worship God. Um, so uh, Paul says this, I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Exactly the same thing going on in here. Paul says sometimes it's good to pray with a song on the screen that everyone knows. But there are times when I just want to sing in tongues. I want to sing in the spirit. Because I don't know about you, but there are some incredible worship songs that have been written, right? Uh, but you take the greatest song that's ever been written, King of Kings, Majesty. And even, even an incredible song like that, or How Great Thou Art, even incredible lyrics like that still fall short of expressing how great, how glorious, how worthy, how mighty, how awesome God is. And sometimes it's like I've sung how great I are at the top of my lungs, but he's still greater. So therefore, I'm going to use a spiritual song, a spiritual language to worship and sing and praise God. Really interesting, if we go back to those couple of scriptures in Acts that we read, um, this is what, this is the interpretation of Acts 2. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And in verse 46, they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So actually the use of tongues in Acts 2 and Acts 10, it was actually praise, it was worship. It was declaring the wonders and the majesty of God. Um, Paul says this in Colossians, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitudes in your heart. Paul says three things. He says, uh, he says psalms, hymns, we sung a hymn this morning. We were so biblical this morning. Psalms, hymns. So a psalm would literally be singing, for, for, for the Jew, singing one of the psalms in the Old Testament. A hymn would, for them, it would have been like the, the first church equivalent of the latest Chris Tomlin song. It would be like their confession, their declaration of faith in, in song. But then there's this phrase, songs from the Spirit. Uh, to put it up to date language, there are times when it's good to sing some golden oldies. There are times when it's good to sing some Monday fresh worship songs. But there are times when you've just got to let the spirit take over. And you've got to sing a song in tongues from the Holy Spirit. Um, let's just look at one more scripture. 
Um, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to another, one another with psalms, saying songs from the Spirit. Same phrase again. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. It's interesting there. He says, speaking to one another. In other words, this is not just something that you do in your bedroom or in your car, but actually there's a power when we come together and we all sing in tongues together. Um, when we sing in English, Matt or whoever's leading worship, they pick the song. They're leading us in the chorus or the verse or the bridge. They're dictating how loud, how soft we sing, uh, where, what direction the song goes. And there's great power in that, that unity aspect. But I also think there's something powerful when you've got 200, 300 people all singing their own song to God, not being led by a person, but suddenly we're all, we've got 300 worship leaders, all of us changing the atmosphere, all of us singing our own song to heaven. It's interesting that Paul links this with being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to I want to close right now because we're we're almost out of time. So, um, why don't the worship team come up? Let me do this real quickly. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Everyone say edifies. That word edify means to build up. It means to strengthen. It means to encourage. It means to embolden. Um, do you ever feel like your prayer life is a bit weak? Come on, be honest. I know we're in church, but be honest. Do you ever feel like your faith's a little bit weak? Do you ever feel Chris was talking about being dry earlier on? That's not just me and Chris, right? We all have that. When you pray in tongues, you are stirring yourself. You're emboldening yourself. You're empowering yourself. It's the equivalent of going to the gym in the natural. When you speak in tongues, you are putting life into your prayer life. You're increasing your faith. You are becoming spiritually strong and emboldened. Uh, Jude puts it like this, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When your faith levels are low, Begin to pray in tongues, sing in tongues, and watch your faith levels rise up. And uh, and final verse. When Paul placed his hands on them, these are the guys who, in the previous verse, have never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Everyone say prophesied. Isn't that remarkable? that they've gone from not even hearing of the Holy Spirit to moving in prophecy. You often find this, that speaking in tongues is a gateway into the other spiritual gifts. You often find that people that move in the prophetic and people that move in healing and miracles or people that have got great faith, they started out speaking in tongues. And as they spoke in tongues, faith came, an anointing came that enabled them to move in the other gifts of the Spirit.